Good morning, everyone. I've got a question to ask. Do you want to be a ninja? Terry and Lito will tell you how. They can't do it themselves because they're not that strong. This is the American Ninja Warrior song. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... The American Ninja Warrior Rehap Up Podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Armstrong, and with me today is Lita. How you doing, Lita? Good day, Taryn. I'm, oh my. I'm so good. I get to talk about Australian people, which is my number one favorite accent in the whole world. Okay. Uh, I'm, I, I want to just be upfront with the listeners and say I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to talk. I apologize. I didn't say I was going to talk in an Australian accent. I just said I was going to talk about Australian accents and also definitely in an Australian accent. Yeah. What and also we've, it's already happened. Like it's already, I'm already having to apologize. You don't need to apologize for my flawless impersonation of the people down under. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about. The USA versus the world special here for American Ninja Warrior, or as I like to cleverly call it, the USA versus the English speaking world special. Hey, one guy got dubbed over. <laughs> yeah, that one dude. A full four other countries were represented, Darren. <laughs> and they all spoke English, yes, because- except for the one guy. Because those countries were Australia, England, and, uh, what Germany and Spain? Yeah, two of them were from Spain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know. It's just it's silly that like even in this very limited scope, like Europe is a big place, and still we're repeating countries multiple times. I, I think it's because they like made an effort to find people that spoke English. I think they're just like they really don't like having to do the dub over. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It was um, not the the widest range of international affairs, but oh well. Yes. So here we are, USA versus the world. And it's a pretty normal format here. You know, they're going to they're going to face off stage one, stage two, stage three, and then a a duel at stage four. And um, it's all about, you know, hey, Europe has the crown. Can USA take it back? Even though zero of the people were on Europe's team last year. So it's like the defending champions like this is a completely different group of people. Because I'm really clever and I like to make clever nicknames for things, I also na- uh, nicknamed Team Europe Team Fake Europe. Wow. I mean... I mean, you get it, right? Because it's not the real Europe team. So I call them Fake Europe. <laughs> but it shouldn't be... It shouldn't it be Fake Team Europe? They're a fake team. They're not Fake Europe. They're very much as or more European. Because if you recall, <laughs> Sean McCall was Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> We're past that now. He, he's he, the, the, Europe in Team Europe does not represent the country, uh, any of the countries anymore. Uh, it represents the spirit of the team, and the spirit of the team was Canadian, and his name was Sean McCall. <laughs> okay, so because Sean McCall is gone, this is now Team Fake Europe. Yes. Okay, isn't Fake Europe like Epcot? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess Epcot is fake everywhere. 
Yeah, I mean, you could call Vegas fake lots of things. That's true. We've been to fake Europe. Um, exactly. Caesar's Palace is based on a European country, theoretically. Yeah, theoretically. So, okay, well, we've really cracked that. We have. So we're here. Uh, they were there. And basically how it works is each, uh, each team is going to send out one athlete per heat. And they're going to compete on all of the stages. Two athletes, two, two heats per stage. And the person who gets the furthest, the fastest is going to get two points for their team. The person in second is going to get one point for their team. And the person that comes in third is going to get zero points for their team. Your diction is really good today. You're like compete athlete. Well, you've been podcasting a lot lately. Yeah, I've, I've been working really hard on my fake <laughs> European diction. Why is the diction fake European? Because Sean McCall's not here. <laughs> or are you also being dubbed over? I am. <laughs> you can't tell because you can't see me, listener, but uh, I'm actually, I'm speaking, but it's a different voice that's coming through. It's, it is still me that's dubbing over me, but it's, it's just, it's not happening in real time. Okay, so you're speaking English and dubbing over yourself also in English, but... No, listen, I'm speaking in Team USA, but I'm dubbing over in Team Fake Europe. Okay, I understand. And that's why the subtle differences in the diction. I'm surprised that you caught it so early. Well, we've been podcasting together a long time, and my (laughs) diction diction is is not here tonight. Guys, this is my first ever uh, American Ninja Warrior podcast with a full-time job. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That. We've been doing this for like three years. Is it going to be the first and only? Oh, 100%. Yeah, my job's <laughs> done in March. <laughs> there you go. Updates on Lita's life. Right. So if, uh, if I sound a little tired, that's why. Yeah. Lita told me, hey, I've got a strict bedtime tonight. Yes, I go to bed before midnight on work nights always. I was I was impressed. I was like, whoa, look at that. I know, because I used to not get home from work until midnight. And then we would <laughs> record the podcast sometimes with guests. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to we're going to uh, kick this off here. Um, it's he, stage one, heat one. Uh, Barclay Stockett is going to be the first person to go here. And basically, each team is going to send their uh, athlete each athlete once there's five players per team they end up only running stage three once so each athlete is going to go one time and then there's going to be one repeat performance and that's for stage four uh so this is barclay stock its appearance barclay one of two women on the team usa uh, along with jesse lebrec and uh and then there were two women on the European team mm-hmm. and, and there was Australia. one woman on the Australian team which was odd to me uh, yeah although I kind of liked it because if it had been two then I would have thought that it was a rule that you had to mm. have two women this year and I actually like better that it wasn't a rule that these teams just chose to do that yeah I mean that's I that's fair it's like how we didn't know on Team Ninja Warrior if the women had to go against each other or not. And it's like, I would like it better if they didn't <laughs> yeah. have to. They just always do. Like, I don't know what that is. So, um, yeah, I liked that. Um, although the only woman on the Australian team was also dating a guy on the Australian team. So yes. I don't make any assumptions, but 
Australian team needs to step up their uh, their independent women game. <laughs> I don't know. She seemed pretty independent. She was fun. We'll talk about her. <laughs> well, uh, I know there was some controversy over the picks here uh, for Team USA. Uh, certainly, at least Team USA. First of all, uh, you know, Sean Bryan oh, no. not included. The Sean's. <laughs> I was watching him watch uh, the kid. And I was just like, how much does it suck to be Sean Bryan right now? Sean Bryan, who competed against Sean McCall in the stage four mat- like th- uh, matchup uh, mm-hmm. last last year. Uh, neither of the Sean's here this time. And isn't Sean McCall? Oh, I guess he and Najee both went to stage three twice in a row. But they're the only two people to do that. Yeah, Sean Bryan, you mean? It's Sean Bryan, yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't get your Sean's mixed up. Sorry, there's a lot of them. But yeah, he was uh, he made it to stage three. Uh, He, you know, by all accounts, according to what they would normally do, I think, is they would choose the people who made it the furthest. That said, and because there's a lot of controversy over the kid being chosen. um, I I, will talk about it when we get to the kid. I actually I don't mind the kid being chosen. Uh, Barclay, I'm very happy to see her. Um, I don't know. I don't know if she needed to be on the team. Yeah, they're definitely doing it with like their TV stars rather than mm-hmm. their star athletes, which is fine because it is a TV show and it's not for money um, or anything like that. It's just tough because American Enjoyer is a show where these people, unlike basically every other reality show, certainly every other reality show on Rob Has a Podcast, people get cast at least in part for their charisma. American Ninja Warrior people are only cast for their talent. It helps if you have some kind of gimmick, but like ultimately it's if you're the best ninja, you're going to have like an exciting performance, which doesn't mean that you're exciting on the sidelines. And unfortunately, Sean Bryan just does not have that charisma that jumps off the page. And he also has his one interesting thing, which is that he's like the, the Catholic guy. And that shtick has been done so many times that like, what do you do with that? Yeah. I mean, I personally, what draws me to the show is getting to watch like the rematch of the Sean's. Like, I would love to see the Sean's take each other on again. Like, I like the history of it. Um, so when you change it up every year, it's like, yeah, whatever. But anyway, Barclay Stock, it takes on stage one. She is a gymnastic co- gymnastics coach on Team USA. Akbar says, pop, 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 looking like a firecracker. Yeah, I guess. Honestly, I was very confused about like where all of the USA signs came from in the audience. <laughs> this is the first time I noticed it, but like, do people just like bring these and like their giant German flag or whatever that we see later? They were 100% given out. <laughs> okay. 100%. Because there was a cheering section for every country. And I guarantee you. <laughs> There was okay. not a full cheering section for every country. Yeah, not to detract from Barclays Run, but obviously this is the first time we're like seeing the the audience going crazy and stuff um, for Barclay, and also like just the patriotism in general with like Australia and Europe is kind of weird. Like, what what beef have we with Australia that we must triumph? I don't know. We have better <laughs> accents. That's. False. I just told you that Australian is my favorite accent in the entire world. There you go. There's the beef. It's it's admiration. It's not <laughs> jealousy. 
<laughs> You're a traitor to the country is what hap- is what's happening here. I don't think that it's being it's like treasonous to admire Australians for their I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I just said. We have no historical conflict with them. <laughs> Except for the fact that they make you fly for like 24 hours in order to get there. That's annoying. Well, that's why Australians are always at hostels for like weeks and weeks and weeks. This is true. I asked the Australians at my hostel in Berlin, like, hey, I don't want to be offensive, but like, why is it a stereotype that hostels are always full of Australians? And they were like, is that a stereotype? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, I guess it's because we take trips for like two months because it took us forever to get here and a week to adjust to the time difference. So we just stay forever. Yeah. And that's their fault. And they should be blamed for it. They also slept all day and just partied like people I had never met before. And they were all like 18. Um, And they did not like my Australian accent. I'm starting to like them now. (laughs) They also told me that I was obsessed with aircon, which is what they call air conditioning. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, uh, Barclay taken on stage one. She gets to Jeep Run, which is where she fell last time. Akbar is like, okay. I know what she has to do here. She needs to build up the momentum. She needs to continue with the momentum because what happened last time is that she got tripped up and then she didn't have enough momentum to make it through. Oh, okay. So she's going one at a time. No (laughs) no momentum. Oh, and she, she made it. Good. Good job. Yay, Barclay. Yeah. And keep in mind that the Americans did this literally, what, two days before this was filmed because stage one Mm -hmm. is filmed the day before. Yeah. And everybody else has not ever done this course before so they do let the the foreigners practice oh that's good but (laughs) they still they still (laughs) what what else do you want me to call them how else should i group all of them together the other teams (laughs) foreigners Um, they, obviously, though, they still have very uh, a much more limited uh, range of experience with these obstacles than the Americans. Um, but yes, uh, Barclay is going to make it through Jeep Run uh, pretty solid through the rest of the course. And, you know, they're making a bit like, oh, Barclay, she's going to finish stage one. Oh, my God. Barclay has finished stage one. Big, wonderful moment uh, that was really undermined for me because I had just written down uh, the time limit. for <laughs> What would have been the time limit for the regular course, which was two minutes and 25 seconds. And she finished this stage one in three minutes in two seconds and i was like oh so actually she technically didn't right make it through i mean a lot more people would finish stage one if there was not a time limit <laughs> like yeah, the and it's like I, fall is because they're going fast yeah and like i want i want to be ex- like it's still great for barclay but it's like i feel like they could have been a little more upfront about the fact like while this wouldn't have been a uh, qualifying time in the regular season, finishing the course is a big accomplishment. Like, uh, but pr- I kind of feel like they pretended that the, that that she would have been she able just to. Did it, yeah. Um, well, did you know that she's only five feet tall? I d- I did not. Yeah. Well, they they love that. <laughs> they, they love do. reminding us that she's very small, and that for some reason makes this much more exciting. 
There you go. Well, next up was Georgia Monroe from London. She's a waitress, 20 years old. She calls herself the first female on Team Europe, despite the fact that there is another female on Team Europe. <laughs> I don't know which one gets to be the first here. I don't know, but the other one doesn't say it. So <laughs> it's true. I guess uh, this was agreed upon. Yeah. Um, so she's going to, her grip is going to give out on the double dipper and she's going to just go down into the water. And that's going to be the end of Georgia Monroe, the first woman on team Europe, fake Europe. Maybe it's like how a lot of the time they'll be like the first blah, blah, blah to do something. But then somebody else does it in the same episode. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess technically I ran first. <laughs> yeah. Right. So she's the first on team Europe. Yeah. Uh, then we get Jack Wilson, the 25-year-old Australian motivational speaker. He wanted to represent indigenous people of his country. He's a marathon runner, and uh, he's going to do decently here. Also, not going to quite do uh, enough to qualify in the regular season, but he is going to get the fastest time. Yes. And does Matter Akbar say it's a good day for the Australians? <laughs> because <laughs> that was my favorite one of the whole night. Uh, he had trouble on the jumping spider getting traction and then uh, it seemed like he was running out of gas on Jeep Run and then just like totally falls on the dismount of Jeep Run, manages to save it. Uh, but as I mentioned, two two minutes and 30 seconds here for Jack Wilson. And it uh, I guess it was a, a, a moderate day. Uh, for the I mean, Australians. I mean, they got the points. I, they got the points, but again, you you want to be able to do it in the regular time limit, I think. You don't get bonus points for that. <laughs> it's about personal pride here. And the um, iconic interviewer, Christine Leahy, is like, you did a dance. What was that? <laughs> and he's, he says something about how the kangaroo is the national animal, but he doesn't actually like reference how that and the dance are connected. Like the inference there is that it was a kangaroo dance, but he just kind of says the kangaroo is the national animal of Australia. And it just kind of sounds like he's saying trivia. Well, I mean, the dance did include like making kangaroo ears, right? Okay, like he, Those look nothing like kangaroo ears. Those look like <laughs> bug antenna. <laughs> Or rabbit ears. These are literally bunny ears. All right, put all right. two fingers up. Explain to me how you do kangaroo ears. I would go... Okay, so for those of you at home... <laughs> Taryn's laughing because I just did perfect kangaroo ears. Full hands, <laughs> not not just two fingers. Yes. Full, so, full, so all, full four, all five fingers. fingers. Together, and then you bend them at the top so that they're a little floppy. All right. Those are kangaroo ears. Not two fingers on either side of your head like you're Richard Nixon. <laughs> Okay, well, if you want to settle this yourself, uh, try it at home. Two ears, uh, two two ears, two fingers versus uh, all five, and uh, and see for yourself, and, and then let us know. Tweet us, know. tweet yeah. your kangaroo pictures. Hashtag kangaroo dance. So two points go to Australia, one to the U.S., and zero to Europe. That means the leaderboard, as it currently stands, is Australia with two, U.S. with one, Europe with zero. Or as they would say in Australia, the leaderboard, which is me. <laughs> oh, boy. How much longer is this podcast? <laughs> Heat two. Start off with Oliver Edelman, 24 years old from Germany. He's a mechanic. And, uh, whoa, surprising, he speaks English. <laughs> I thought you were going to say surprising, he's a gymnast, because it seems like everybody's a gymnast now. 
Yes, he is also a gymnast. Gymnastics is the new climbing. He's a competitive acro gymnast, which I didn't even know was a competition sport. That just seems like one of those things where you tack on words to other words unnecessarily. Have you ever done acro yoga? I've look. I know what it is. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I'm just like, do we have to? Okay, so that didn't answer the question at all. <laughs> I've never done it myself. Okay. No. <laughs> it's really fun and I love it very much. But what he does is not acro yoga, it's acro gymnastics, which looks crazy. This is like what, um, who's the guy that eats trash? Nicholas Courage. Uh, this is what he does um, on Instagram. But I did not know that you could do it competitively. Yeah. Not a fan of acro yoga. Like you've never done it. I've had to watch it, though. What do you mean you had to watch it? Who has subjected you to that? People like do it in parks. Oh, it's yeah. Weird. Those people are freaks. And we can all agree on that. Yes. See, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Do it in a studio or in the privacy uh, of your own home. So he's the first competitor from Germany. Um, he's going to take on stage one here. Loses all of his momentum on the dismount of the double dipper, but makes a ridiculously crazy save. Uh, he locks his legs in on both ends of the, uh, the mat, gripping the bottom and the top, and then pulls his other hand down to push from the bottom, managing to pull himself up. I don't think I've ever seen a save quite this good on a, a, a Vegas course. It was like advanced bouldering, but on the map, on the <laughs> mat. Oh my God. Yeah. I cannot speak. Um, yeah, it was incredible. This whole run is very, uh, messy. Very messy. Yes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Akbar, Akbar lets us know he's on Jeep run and Akbar is like, okay, I got this. He's a mechanic. <laughs> he's on Jeep run. Remember guys, he's a mechanic. Oh crap. Uh, he, he knows how to make things work. As if there are giant tires right there. What are you doing? He's on Jeep Run and he's a mechanic and he knows how to make things work. <laughs> Akbar just choked. He he fumbled. What does making things work even have to do with being on a Ninja Warrior course? Or really being a mechanic. I mean, I guess. I don't know, but that could apply to any range of jobs. Uh, he ends up missing the last bit of the razor beams, but he does manage to hold on yet again and finishes the course in two minutes and 49 seconds. Again, not going to be quite good enough for a regular season qualification. I feel like stage one drags on in this episode a lot. Like stage one was like many months ago and I'm already like, oh yeah, I'm bored of this because we watched like a hundred people run it. Yeah, and and like seeing people do it, like almost half the fields, like past stage one, or at least uh, like a third of them past stage one in Vegas this year. And so watching like only two people actually manage qualifying times in this like special where it's supposed to be like the best of the best. It's like, oh, yeah, it's not great. They trust that we'll just like have forgotten about the regular season by now. I guess so. Little did they know, I take notes. <laughs> Next up is Ashlyn Herbert, uh, the 24-year-old carpenter from Australia. They call him Ashlyn Flashlin. Yeah, he's the Australian Jake Murray. He goes I guess fast. so. He's got weird hair and um, a look on his face that kind of looks like he's seeing right through you. Like he's a little bit part kangaroo. 
Uh, that would be probably not very advantageous in American Ninja Warrior. I don't know. They can jump a lot. But they can't hop backwards. Ooh, that's important it's on a- the jumping backwards obstacle. <laughs> it probably comes up, <laughs> right? Do they ever have to jump backwards? Don't think so. Okay, well, um, the way that their feet are shaped, they can't hop backwards. Fun facts. That's always like who's, my... who's quoting trivia now? I'm always quoting trivia. If you say so. I want like fun nature facts whenever they're available to me. People share share some fun animal facts with me. I would appreciate that. Along with your kangaroo pictures. Yeah. Give give me a fact about an animal and then also your animal impression. Ashlyn is also going to have some trouble getting through the jumping spider having some traction issues. But uh, despite that, he does manage to finish the course in two minutes and nine seconds. The first qualifying finish of stage one. So congrats to Ashlyn Flashlyn. Congratulin. Oh, boy. Finally, we're going to get Matisse the Kid Awadi. 19 year old business student on team us and again people were like what is he doing on the team i i actually feel like he earned his spot here i feel like uh you know they're each only gonna run once so as you know getting the kid who was in i believe he was third fastest in the regular season as a stage one specialist to go in there and just like get two points on stage one easy I feel like he did exactly what he needed to do here in terms of like strategy. I feel like it was fine to have the kid. Yeah. Also, like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like really okay. Who's going to be on USA versus the world? Um, and we have the internal struggle of him battling against his homeland <laughs> of Europe. Because he Originally born in France. Born in France and lived there until he was six. You never would have guessed it from his name, the kid. So American. (laughs) Is the kid in French. You're welcome. So he finished the stage. He finished stage one in four, a one minute and 47 seconds during the regular season. Uh, This time speeds through the entire course, never stops a a single time, the entire entire time. He does get a low grab on the twist and fly, but despite that is going to finish in one minute and 27 seconds, which is in fact faster than the fastest time in the regular season. So he sets a new course record here. Yeah. Eat it, Jake Murray. There you go. So two points to the U.S., one to Australia, zero once again to Team Fake Europe. And that's going to leave the leaderboard at the U.S. tied with Australia with three points each. And Fake Europe has zero. It always really freaks me out that he's 6'2", because he looks like he's 12. Well, yeah, I mean, his, his height needs to equal a greater number than his age. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, how is six two greater than nineteen? In inches. What? Oh, <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> I think what I was actually going for is that I recognize that six two, if you multiply them, is twelve. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, that's a number thing. And then I just said a thing about numbers. Your brain did math without realizing it, and then you said words. 
basically. Okay. Uh, anyway. We're going to move on to stage two here. <laughs> Heat one, we start off with Najee Richardson, 27 years old, motivational speaker on Team US. He went out on the water walls in the regular season. He had an asthma attack. It was his worst nightmare. But he needs to encounter scarier things. I don't know. Having an asthma attack underwater <laughs> in a very high pressure, pressure situation where if you get three, you might win a million dollars is kind of scary. But there could have been spiders there. Maybe there was. You don't know that there wasn't. Water spiders? Yeah. On the American Ninja Warrior course? You never know. I mean, I think I do know it was televised. I, I, spiders are small. You know, it's not like the camera's going to be like, oh, a spider. They might. That would be pretty distracting. Didn't we see like some kind of, oh, a grasshopper. We saw that on the course. Yeah, that didn't make it to TV. There's a lot of weird stuff in the desert. Maybe that's why the Australians are so good at this. Because they're used to it being like a thousand degrees. Ah, Good point. Yeah. Well, Najee's going to take on the course here. He was a little bit slow getting through Deja Vu, but he does manage to complete it. He uh, He's checking his pulse before Wingnut Alley, and this is very important. Wingnut Alley has been nerfed. It's uh, only three wingnuts. Nerfed? Yeah. I've never heard that verb before. It's a, it's a term to say that it's been made easier or, or it's been stripped of its goodness. It was too powerful and needed to be weakened. So, like, this wingnut alley to the real wingnut alley is like a nerf gun to a real gun? Oh, maybe that's where it came from. <laughs> Trying to look up the... The origin of the word of... nerf. <laughs> of nerfed. We're, we we're here to educate, first and it's foremost. Um, wow, it had it... When I misspelled it, it had it right here. The term... Is also used as a verb for act of making such a change. The opposite of the nerf, uh, nerf is buff. The term originated with Ultima Online refers to the nerf brand of toys, which are soft and less likely to cause serious injury. Less likely than guns. That seems <laughs> like a real understatement. There you go. All right. Queen of knowing. So things. he gets through Wingnut Alley. Uh, and there's, you know, there's. I was originally before he went on Wingnut Alley. I was like, oh, well, of course he's sitting there checking his pulse. Like he doesn't need like there's nobody else is going to get through Wingnut Alley. Only Najee is going to get through Wingnut Alley. Then we see, oh, never mind. They shortened Wingnut Alley. Okay, everyone's going to get through Wingnut Alley. Uh, So he gets through Wingnut Alley. He does a roll on the dismount and he's got to take on these water walls. Can Najee get through the water walls? What do you think? I mean, again, this is presented as like a real redemption thing, but if you look at the time, mm. it's a little, it's a little bit dissonant. Yeah, well, so he does, he does get through them. He finishes at three minutes and 50 seconds. The stage two in the qualifying, uh, the, the actual qualifying, the stage two part, uh, the timeline was four minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, was it? Yes. I thought it was 3.30. Okay. Uh, however, the wingnuts were significantly mm-hmm. shorter, so it's hard to say whether or not this would have been fast enough. It it seems like he was actually pretty on par with his previous attempt. Yeah. Uh, he was only seconds away in that one. I assume it would be fairly close this time as well, considering the uh, um, wingnuts take quite a long time. Yeah. Well, good for Najee. Yes. So next up was Javier Canoe. 
and he got montaged. Yeah, they did a coming up for him and then montaged him, which is so weird. I don't think I've ever seen that before. The only person to get montaged in the entire thing. <laughs> Sad. Oh, and it's because he goes out in like the least entertaining way possible where he just yes. totally loses momentum and gives up. Goes out on the deja vu. It made me wonder if he spoke English. Trying to slide the slide the non-English speakers under the rug. They're like a reverse xenophobe. They're like <laughs> really want people <laughs> to not speak English. Uh, finally, we got Bryson Klein, 20 years old from Australia. He's an engineering student and just took a very slow, methodical approach to the course. Yeah. Uh, what I learned mostly from this package is that Australian and Zwaria has a female announcer. The, the, there you go. So that's pretty cool. I guess so. <laughs> we don't have that. <laughs> that's that's true. Okay, just saying, just pointing it out. Are you trying to get Akbar or Matt fired? No, I'm just saying <laughs> if one of them wanted to retire of their own accord, I will be available very shortly. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, American Ninja Warrior did not always not have a female announcer. It did not always not have a female announcer. Okay, when did it have a female announcer? I believe for the first two seasons? Who was she? Um, hold on, let me... Season one, who were the hosts? Allison Hayslip, season one. Was she also on season two? I don't remember. Um... It's not saying in this one. She was at least on season one. She's actually very good. Well, then what happened to her? She was on. She was a G4 person. Like Olivia Munn. Yes. Only she did not break out like Olivia Munn did. Yeah, clearly. I've never heard of this person. She was great, though. Like She was like a genuine fan of the show. Uh, and, and she was good at her job. Uh, but then, you know. I think it went to NBC and it was like, nah, see you later, G4 people. All right. We'll have her on the podcast sometime. I already forgot. Her oh, name. we should. What's her name again? Allison Hayslip. Allison Hayslip. Allison, if you're listening and I know you are, come on the show. We'd love to have She's you. She's wonderful. I would love to talk to Allison. Okay. There you go. Well, you probably have more followers on Twitter than she does. So I'm sure you can make the invite. <laughs> That's weird to think about. I mean, it's almost definitely true. I don't, it's probably not. Hold on. I've never heard of her. 148,000 followers. Oh, well, what does she do now? I don't know. Okay. Oh, wow. Her last name is spelled very differently than I thought it would be. She, something about the voice, maybe? Something about the voice. It was announced in on 2011. It was announced that Hayslip would join the cast of the NBC reality singing competition series, The Voice, as the backstage and social networking correspondent. <laughs> Is that really <laughs> joining the cast? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, sir. Good, good for you. A lot of American Warrior people do follow her. Yeah. Um, so. All right. Well, I, I did not mean to disrespect you, Allison, but uh, come on the podcast. There you go. So uh, there's your trivia for the day. There you go. Um, 
Anyway, Bryson Klein, very slow and methodical on the salmon ladder, also through Deja Vu, which means he is going to beat Team Europe here, Team Fake Europe. He does manage to get through Wingnut Alley. He's got about 45 seconds left to beat Najee at that point. He dives straight into the water, no goggles, speeds through the water walls, and does, in fact, manage to beat Najee with a time of 3 minutes and 42 seconds. It's a good thing he didn't take a lot of time putting on those goggles. Yeah. I could easily see putting on goggles taking like nine seconds. You would have to be very bad at putting on goggles. <laughs> you hey, you put them on and it's like, oh, it's a little crooked. Hold on. Let me see this. And then, oh, it's it's kind of like angled, you know, on the back of your head. So like, I got to get it at the right angle. So it's not awkward and like falls off or something. Um, and oh, it's been it's been nine seconds. When was the last time you wore goggles? I make it my business to not wear goggles as often as possible. <laughs> You make that your business? Yeah. <laughs> do you hate swimming or do you hate goggles? I don't like goggles. They're not very comfortable. And as I mentioned, very awkward with the strap and the t- tightness on the face. What about when you're like swimming laps? What, what, what do I need goggles for? I don't need goggles. It's a lot easier <laughs> to not <laughs> wipe chlorine out of your eyes. <laughs> Keep them close. It's more fun to swim when you can see. Okay, anyway. You also don't like the beach, so we have different swimming habits. All right. Well, two points go to Australia, one to the U.S., and once again, zero to fake Europe. And that's going to mean that Australia is in the lead here with five points, U.S. in second with four, and fake Europe with zero. They pretend that this is not the case, but uh, Europe is almost entirely eliminated at this point. Uh, basically, they would need to get uh, like first place and uh, in like three different things and then have the U.S. get like, like third place in th- three different things and then they could maybe maybe succeed, but not very likely. They have a lot of faith in random woman beating Drew Dreschel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he Two on stage two, we start with Olivia Vivian, 28 year old Australian cafe owner. And they say that she is the Casey Catanzaro of Australia. And um, I don't know exactly what they meant by that, but she definitely got the most amount of airtime for the least amount of uh, course uh, playing. Yeah. Um, first of all, Olivia Vivian is a great name. Just generally, it's even better in an Australian accent. I feel like if you are Australian and your name is Olivia Vivian, I would just never stop being like Olivia Vivian. Um, and also, she does the coolest thing I have ever seen on this show in her package where she's like, her boyfriend is hanging from monkey bars or whatever. Um, and she, <laughs> I don't know what things are called. Um, and she's like on his shoulders, but fully parallel eating an apple with the most ridiculous amount of course strength I've ever seen. So I have very high expectations for her. Yes. Well, unfortunately, she is going to uh, have a bad dismount on the epic catch and release. And uh, that's going to be it. Yeah. She seems to have a very big personality and is the kind of person that I find very exhausting. But I'm happy for her. She seems happy. Yeah. I liked uh, I liked her. There's a lot of wild hair choices going on on this USA versus the world. And I was going to say, I enjoyed the funny hair. Yeah, I liked hers. Um, a lot of the men have hair that I cannot get behind. I only remember uh, Flashlin. Uh, well, someone in Europe 
that we haven't talked about yet uh, has like a rat tail. Um, mm-hmm. And then a couple of the other Australian guys have like weird ponytail situations going on. Well, and you know what I have to say to men about hair, right? Grow more of it. On your face, not on <laughs> top of it. So not on top, all on the face. Yeah. Basically, be bald with a huge beard. No, don't do that. Um, if you're going to make an exotic hair choice, make it a mustache. Make it a statement mustache. Oof. For the record, I don't cosign. For the record, Taryn has a statement mustache right now that you can't see. He grew it after the feed update this morning and will shave it before the feed update tomorrow. Exactly. And I just don't want anybody else to, you know, try to steal my thunder, basically. I know. People would get really jealous. You want to be relatable on the updates. It's true. Next up was Iris Matamoros, 37-year-old from Spain. He's a PE teacher and is the one and only, as far as we know, non-English speaker. Yes, as far as we know. Montage guy we'll never know anything about. We never heard him speak. (laughs) Sad. Um, this uh, he wants to make his son proud. I think this is the guy with the rat tail. Ooh, but he's this a is PE also, teacher, so that tracks. This is also like I, I had sneaking suspicions that uh, there was no Sean McCall, but I hadn't been paying close enough. I was like, I was trying to not look too hard because I didn't want to be disappointed. But as soon as Iris comes out, I knew for sure there's no Sean McCall. Okay. You didn't even glance at the teams? I did. I saw that he wasn't there, but there were only four people there, and I was like, well, there's somebody missing. Maybe that person was Sean McCall. Maybe he's too cool to be standing with them, because he is. So, who knows? Okay. Well, I'm sorry that that your man, Sean McCall, couldn't be here. It it is not (laughs) USA versus the world without Sean McCall. That is literally the only reason to watch this special, because he's like, he's so good. And nobody else is that good. And he's not allowed to compete in the regular version. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to make you upset. I didn't know how passionate you were about Sean McCall. Um, at the very least, if, if, if there's no Sean McCall, then you gotta, you gotta get a replacement Sean McCall. You gotta get somebody who's at least as good. And they definitely didn't. I mean, they did pretty well in these early rounds. They Team just... Fake Europe? Oh, no. Who got Australia. no points? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Okay, yes, they have no replacement, Sean McCall. Uh, Well, Iris is going to get the first point for Fake Europe. Uh, He's going to get caught up in the epic catch and release a couple of times uh, and is going to go out pretty quickly on Wingnut Alley. But uh, but that is the first point for Team Fake Europe. So there you go. Next up is Jesse Lebrecht, 28 years old, gym manager on Team US. and. She says, hey, Jesse Graff is the only woman to complete stage two, and I want to do it, too. So you know that she's going to. Yes. And also, I was like, yes, finally, we're going to see Jesse Lebrecht on stage. Two. Oh, damn it. They, they, they nerfed the wing nuts. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same, but it's still pretty exciting. It is. It's, it's just like, I want to see her do the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, that was a little disappointing, but still fun to see J 
Jesse Lebrecht on stage two. Uh, and also considering that she like seemed to injure herself slightly, I'm glad that she did not have to do the full wing nuts. <laughs> well, maybe she may, I feel like they were just making drama there. She looked like she hurt her back. Did she just did like a little back rub? Okay. All right. You never know. I, I guess. Uh, she was, uh, she had a very, uh, she was very good on the salmon ladder. Very good. Uh, she had a bad release on the back half of Deja Vu. Uh, just lost all of her momentum, but she did manage to build it back up and make it through. Um, she does not make it to the wing nuts faster than Iris did, so she does need to make it through in order to get her point. Uh, and this is when they're like, oh, did she hurt her back? I don't know. We before, don't know. Is this before or after? Come on, Jesse. Let's see them boosties. <laughs> Which I guess is what Akbar is calling jumping. Provocative. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they're they're all they're very excited. Oh, she's gonna make it through the wing nuts. Can you believe it? The first woman to ever face the wing nuts, and she's gonna get through them, and it's. It's not the same wingnuts. <laughs> it's meaningless. Oh, you're a buzzkill. It's not meaningless. They, they have the same wingnut set up in the qualifying city courses where there's three of them. Every, lots of people have made it through those. You are a negative Nancy and let Jesse Lebrick have this. I'm all about because here's the thing. I think she probably could have made it through the real wingnuts, but we're never going to see it now. Until next year, when she hopefully makes stage two. I was going to say we're never going to see it. Have Have Kevin Carbone set up some some wing nuts for her to put on same. Instagram? Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is also when they start to get really over the top about how like this is a course that was built in America. It's still strong. She's fighting through it for her country. It's like. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, at least there okay. were very few instances of USA chanting. Uh, there was one during the kids' run, I remember. Oof, yeah, and and there was uh, they they had the Australian chanting, the Aussie, 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 oi, 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 and then Matt was like, "Oh, that's like the Australian version of USA," and I was like, "No, theirs is much more adorable." And yeah, it's it's way more it's way easier to listen to yeah. than hearing the same three letters in a very annoying like tone i also um have never heard the australian one before <laughs> oh no i don't know i really don't know a lot about australia um there was a like an australian prank show that i used to i think it's the chasers war on everything um and they i think they used to chant uh, a lot in that I don't, I don't think they do that one on Summer Heights High. <laughs> Actually, funny note, I think they aired that on G4 as well. So Summer Heights High? No. Oh, uh, we've Yeah. Did you just watch G4 when you got home from school every day? Like I whatever mean, I was, was on it? I was definitely into G4. They played American Ninja Warrior. They played uh, Chasers War and Everything. There was this other weird uh, show they played that I can't remember the name of, but it was very bad, but very cheesy and fun. Um, Did you watch Attack and of the Show? Attack of the Show was great. Kevin Pereira, Pereira and Olivia Munn. Um, I, and, uh, I'm not about the, the previous people. Uh, you know, a lot of people were fans of X-Play. I was like, I was like eh, on X-Play, but you know, what are you going to do? This was like me with Logo. I used to go home from school every day and watch Logo, which if 
anybody doesn't know is the Gay Interest Network. Um, and I would just watch like Golden Girls and RuPaul's Drag Race and One Girl, Five Gays. It was great. And I was like 14 and my mom was like, huh. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um <laughs> No, none of that. Uh Akbar, while Jesse is taking on the water wall, says she's an aqua ninja, Matt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a very lazy portmanteau. Also, again, because I was paying attention. Um basically the second she touches the wing nuts. They get rid of the timer. No more timer. Oh. <laughs> Never comes back. <laughs> not when not when she finishes the wing nuts. Not when she's taken on the water walls. Like not when not she happen. finishes the course. There is no recap with the time there. Nothing. Well, because she already gets the points, right? As soon as she finishes the wing nuts. I mean, I guess so, but they didn't that didn't stop them from timing everybody else on every other run. <laughs> yeah, because she didn't um, she didn't need to do the water walls to get the two points, but she did it anyway. But yes, you're right. They were like, what time? There's no time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I was like, I want to know. I want to know. Uh, and it's actually it's, it's important to me because uh, we'll get to stage four. But I actually went back and I looked at the stats for stage four and, and it's important to know all the times. It's good, it's good for comparison. Um, all right. So two points to the U.S., one to Europe, zero to Australia this time. So the U.S. is going to take the lead here with six points, Australia with five, and Team Fake Europe with one point. Sorry, Team F.E. Mm. And at this, at this point, in order for Europe to stay in the game, they, they have would to need, kill Drew Dreschel with their bare hands. They really undersold how <laughs> out of this Team Europe was, because in order for Team Europe to tie for second place, they would need to get two first place finishes. One of which, as you mentioned, was uh, um, Katie McDon- McDonald versus Drew Dreschel in stage three. Right. Um, and then they would. On top of that, need in particular Australia to get third place both times. So they would need the exact placement order both times of Europe, US, Australia, Europe, US, Australia. Mm -hmm. Then they would tie Australia for second place. Yeah, they were so close. So close. They were right there. Uh, So here we are. It's stage three. And we're only going to get one heat because... As they, as we as we, we get to stage three, okay, here we go. One of if if we're not here for Sean McCall, we're here for stage three and four, where we finally get to see more people take on this course, and then they get uh, to explaining it, and they're like, oh hey, by the way, because Team Europe is so behind, uh, if they get eliminated, we, we, there's no need to to run it more than once. <laughs> no need. I'm sure whoever from US, probably Naji, who was going to do stage three, was thrilled about that what's the need why would we run stage (laughs) three multiple times when we can just show stage one twice and stage two twice you know the stages you've seen a billion times nobody wants to see stage three (laughs) ah all right (laughs) drew jeshel takes on stage three he goes on the course uh he makes it through to the cliffhanger and i was very curious because as we saw both people failed at the cliffhanger uh this time and i believe they both failed at the same part so Mm -hmm. And it's that it's it's after you make the jump to the other side, you cross, you come over and you make the final jump back to the original side before the the landing. And so I was like, okay, 
did Drew learn his lesson? Is he going to be able to do it this time, knowing what's ahead of him? Because as I pointed out on the regular season podcast, the bar had been changed from the previous season uh, this time, where instead of having a lip there at the end of the jump, the second jump, it was just a flat bar. It was it was much harder to to grip at the end of that jump. So I think that's why they failed, because they were probably more used to having that that grip there. And so I was, I was like, oh, OK, can Drew do this? He goes there. He makes the second jump lands it i was like whoa he did it wait a minute <laughs> the grip is they changed the bar <laughs> they did changed they it back it, Taryn? they nerfed it i'm so sorry wow things i would have never noticed <laughs> this is why we have old eagle eye Taryn on the case to make this less fun for everyone and undermine <laughs> everyone's accomplishments uh i was just i was like well i don't understand what's going on with the decision making here i don't know uh, why would they would decide to do that i guess they just wanted to see somebody make it through but if you wanted to see somebody make it through why not just let more people do it in the first place why not have it that way uh in the regular season i don't i, don't, I just don't know i don't know i don't know why they're doing it the way they are i'm not saying it's a bad thing in this in this it, particular it case necessarily like it's a bad thing <laughs> it's just something to know it's okay. something to know is all i'm saying okay so he makes it through the cliffhanger with an asterisk and uh, the fake cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, he um, he's going to go arms only on the peg cloud. And I think that's probably the mistake that he makes. I feel like uh, if he had used his legs on the peg cloud, maybe gone, maybe gone a little bit slower, but not used up as much grip strength there, then he might have had enough to get through cane lane because basically what happens is he makes it all the way through to the end of cane lane. Uh, he does nearly lose his grip on the, uh, the, the gap in the middle of cane lane where you're, you're holding onto the cane, you're, you know, traversing it along this uh, track and he makes it all the way to the end. All he needs to do is that his grip is slipped. He's at the bottom of the cane. All he needs to do is climb up the cane and then grab the next thing. But he, his grip is just done and he's trying to pull up, but he can't, he's, he's just out of it. And, uh, and he falls and he was so close, but I, so I feel like if he had just, if he had kept a little bit of grip strength on the, uh, the peg cloud, I feel like that would have been the difference maker. Yeah. Also, can't you hang from peg cloud for a little bit if you want to? Yeah. I feel like why not just give your arms a break there? Yeah, I agree. Especially because he was attempting to give his arms a break on the body prop, <laughs> which is not the place to give your arms a break. I guess not. Well, I mean, it, uh, it's, not, it's not like his, uh, his, like, that's not necessarily grip strength, you know? Um, it's like body strength, <laughs> which I guess didn't give out. I guess. Um, there's, is there one obstacle after the peg cloud? Yes, flying bar. Oh, okay. So, or after, after Kane Lane, you mean? After Kane Lane, yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, this is classic Drew Dreschel failing on the second to last obstacle. It happens like every time he competes on stage three. <laughs> I think, I think he's failed on that obst obstacle. I don't think he's ever made it past the second to last obstacle. I don't think he's ever made it the final obstacle at stage three. Well, the penultimate obstacle is very difficult, but he conquered the penultimate cliffhanger, which is officially what we're calling this iteration of the ultimate cliffhanger when they changed it back to the ledge. All right. Well, there you go. Then we got Ben Poison. That can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> ben Poison. I think it's Ben Polston. Polson. 
Wilson. Okay. Oh, there you go. That is an L. Yes. <laughs> I would have definitely noticed if his name was Ben Poison. <laughs> yeah. That's an L. Who knew? L's look like eyes sometimes. When you're On typing? Ever know. Uh, so he is the boyfriend of Olivia Vivian, I oh, believe. Vivian. Yeah. And the, I mean, that was, that was most of his package. Um, and also the fact that he is a DJ slash semi-professional athlete, which if you want to know the exact combination of careers that I don't want to date, <laughs> it's that. You don't want to date a DJ? A DJ slash semi-professional athlete. I will say they showed clips of him competing in Australia and his hair was a lot cooler then. His hair is not great. Yeah, it was like it was blonde and it was like shaved on the sides. Yeah, but this time it was just like matted. And it's brown. red. It's like reddish. Like he and Olivia have like the same hairdresser. They have like the same <laughs> colorist. Well, there you go. Uh, Matt says about Ben. Wow, this is going to be a big ask for this big boy. Yeah, they call him Big Ben, which um, is already a nickname for a professional athlete. And also, there are... No. (laughs) Do you know who Ben Roethlisberger is? No idea. (laughs) He's the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers and has been for like my entire lifetime. Okay. I know who Tom Brady is. That's unfortunate. Um, Lock your doors this Sunday. Um... And I can, I, if you told me the quarterback's name from before Tom Brady, I would recognize it because it's on the tip of my brain. It's on the tip of your brain. Uh, Tom yeah. Brady has been the, quarter, the quarterback of the Patriots my entire like conscious lifetime. So I don't know who that was. I remember the shift. I was in elementary school. I also deeply, deeply hate your sports teams. What are you going to do? Uh, uh, we're against them in the Super Bowl this Sunday, which I'm sure you'll be watching with bated breath, right? Absolutely. I'm going to be. It's your your favorite time of year in Boston. Yeah. Glued to the TV screen, the social media, the, my window, all of the things. Do you have any idea who they're playing? Uh, The LA Dodgers. Dodge. (laughs) Nope. That's the baseball team. The LA. Not even the baseball team anymore. I don't watch baseball. Maybe it is. L.A. football. Los Angeles Angels. Rams? They're the Rams? They Yeah, so St. Louis moved to uh, Los Angeles this year. Okay, that was a trick. That was a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In in your defense, I also know absolutely nothing about baseball, but I do know that the Dodgers are not a football team. (laughs) (laughs) Um... It looks like they're still a team. Yeah, it, it looks like that. I definitely thought they were. Uh, yeah. Well, it's just weird when cities have two teams of a sport, which L.A. has now as well, because the Chargers also moved to L.A. Um, for I think that should be against the rules. For a city to have two teams yep. of the same sport. Yep. OK, so Chicago breaks that rule with baseball. Um, New York. Yeah, but it's kind of like, I don't know. New York is so big. There are like really different parts of New York. If it's so big, then name it two different cities. 
They kind of do. They've got like the Long Island I don't Islanders. Hear, I don't hear York. the Long Island Mets. I hear the New York Mets and New York Yankees. Yeah, I guess for baseball, that's true. Not for hockey. Um, and their football teams, neither of them play in New York. They're both <laughs> called New York, but they don't actually play there. It's hangers on. You're just yeah. trying to get the name, name recognition. They play in New Jersey. Um, but yeah, anyway, no one in LA cares about football. Um, so it's very good that the Rams are playing the most hated team in America um, right now because it's making everybody care about the Super well, Bowl. From what I hear, this is a regular occurrence is that the Patriots just play in the Super Bowl. That's just like a thing that happens. Yeah, that's why people don't like them because it's not fun for the the uh, the same team to do this every year. And also they are not very popular politically at the moment. Well, I think I think it's fun because someday the history books will be like, remember that time the that one team dominated and people will be like, yeah, that was a good time. I mean, I guess, but the Steelers still have more Super Bowls than the Patriots. Also, Ouch. you guys, you guys won the World Series. This year. <laughs> I like how you call it. You guys, <laughs> you're from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> it's it feels so fitting to me that like the Patriots are my team because like I have no investment in them, but I feel like they represent what I am in like the drafts for Big Brother, where it's like everybody hates you because everybody you keep re- what a whole yeah. right everybody roots against you. you. Jesus, that sounds so difficult for you. Just winning all the time, it's not your fault. Yeah, because I was saying it was difficult. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, you people, Bostonians, uh, you already won a title this year. You won the baseball. Oh, man. Well, I guess, I mean, we we don't have any more room on our shelves. I mean, I'm just saying, share the love with the poor, oppressed people of Los Angeles. Share the love with people who just seem so negative that just are hating people all the time, rooting against instead of rooting for. I don't know. That doesn't seem very sharing the love to me. I'm sorry, I forgot you did a podcast on how to be nice recently <laughs> that I must have skipped. I must have missed that one. Uh, well, Ben Pulse <laughs> shared the love of his big boy. Oh, God. <laughs> Darren just fell to the ground. <laughs> And on the on the weight of that incredible segue, <laughs> he made it through the crazy clocks. Yeah, he did. You're not wrong. Oh, get what, it because he's Big Ben. What a crazy craver he is! <laughs> You're unraveling. I forgot the joke that I was gonna make, which is that hey, he can't be Big Ben because there are two other competitors here from London. Yeah, I guess that counts as a joke. Yeah. He had trouble on the cliffhanger and he uh, is going to go down on the uh, the back half of the cliffhanger. Like so many before him. Yes. Then we're going to get Katie McDonald, the as prophesized, the woman to beat Drew Dreschel on stage three. Is that what anyone said? I mean, that's what she was set up to be. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was prophesized so much as like laughed at. Yeah, I don't really know what they were thinking. I'm, I mean, maybe I f- maybe uh, not only was Sean McCall like the like the heavy hitter on that team, but also the strategist potentially. Maybe 
yeah. possible. But did you know that London is an iconic city for free running? <laughs> yeah, obviously. Also, I was watching this with my friend and he pointed out that she says that she's a professional free runner and the other girl from London says that she's a professional parkour person. Um, do you think that these two have beef in their circles? Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> one, one of which being who was the first woman on Team Europe? <laughs> Yeah, I just wonder, like, how you determine which which path you go down, the very different paths of professional free running and professional parkour. I think it depends on how pretentious you are. Okay, which one is more pretentious? Free running? Parkour. Ooh, interesting. Because it's a fancier word. Yeah, but it's also one that more people have heard of. Free running, I had never heard of until I started doing this podcast. But basically, how it works is that, you know, they probably both existed. But then parkour being the more pretentious one just kind of broke out and And it became it became uh, like this this signal to all pretentious people. Oh, let me do parkour, too. But I feel like because it's more mainstream, that makes it less pretentious. No, just because it's more mainstream doesn't mean it's uh, less pretentious. There are plenty of very pretentious mainstream things like what? Like uh, all of the Oscar nominated movies of all time. Um, but those movies aren't really that mainstream. That's the whole thing about the Oscars is that nobody's actually seen those movies except for Black Panther. Um, there are there are plenty. Uh, uh, there's, for instance, uh, a podcast about being nice to people. That yeah, that's very true. mainstream that's a great and also very pretentious. Very mainstream. Thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of listeners, and just worldwide reach. Yeah. Some might um, say it changed the face of reality TV forever. It it did. I mean, every every day now, I'm getting uh, messages from people that are like, "Hey, you suck," <laughs> and it's like, "Whoa, look, you didn't say something worse." <laughs> wow, we did it! I can't believe you canceled trolls. You ended it. You ended cruelty on the internet. Yeah, someone should you know. call YouTube. Things happen <laughs> about it. I mean, I, I, you know, some people, yourself included, might call me a hero. But personally, I just feel like you know, I might, I won't, what I can, I won't, but I might. Yeah, someday. It's, I, I know what's in your head. <laughs> okay, Katie McDonald. <laughs> they even point out she's not a rock climber, guys. She's a free runner. Then why so- are you on stage three? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Makes you know no that, sense. You know, free running, the thing that's mostly about lower body strength and agility and balance, we've got absolutely none of that here. It's the complete opposite <laughs> skill set. It's like stage three is the kryptonite of the free runners that dominate in every other aspect mm-hmm. of American Ninja Warrior. Because it's 100% grip strength and upper body strength. Uh, she unsurprisingly just kind of hops off uh, on guard. Yeah, she Ran got out of grip strength. She got on American TV. I hope she got some Instagram followers out of it. Yeah, I, sh- I should follow her. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because you're such an Instagram hoe now. Pity follow. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> so two points to the U.S., one to Australia, zero to Team Fake Europe. The final tally on the scoreboard is the U.S. Eight points. Australia, six points. Team Fake Europe, one point. Out of the competition. Fake Europe has been 
Fake eliminated. Fake eliminated? Yes. Okay. Everything they do is fake. Mm-hmm. It's, you need a negative to balance out the other negative. Queen of grammar. Yeah. Stage four. Just one heat here. We're going to see the history of, hey guys, remember when we had the really good guy, Sean McCall, <laughs> who wins every time? We don't this time, but he's done it a lot of but times. And he's used to have it. He's always won. And for some reason, we're going to interview Olivia Vivian again. Well, she needs to explain uh, about her teammate. I guess. Why her? Because uh, she's pretty. She's uh, she's she's charismatic. But we don't. And have... she was only on the show for like two seconds but on the we're course. We're not interviewing Barclay about Drew. <laughs> and all of the same things are true of her. Look, they're not in the business of fairness. They're in the business of uh, star making. They're going to make her a star. Okay. I would now on Australian TV. Um, okay. Australia doesn't have very many people. I wonder how many, how famous you can really be on Australian TV. I mean, as famous as Olivia Vivian. <laughs> I guess she's the gold standard. Because you have to come to America like Nicole Kidman. And then get really famous. I don't know if, you, if Nicole Kidman had to come to America. I don't think that Nicole Kidman would have had the roles that she has had if she had stayed in Australia. Are you doubting Nicole Kidman's talent? No, I'm doubting the Australian film industry. They didn't make Moulin Rouge. I mean, they could have. <laughs> if they wanted to. Yeah. They just didn't feel like it. Okay. And You're then- too busy on planes. But yeah, it takes them too long. That's the yeah. problem. And they have spiders that fly. So we're going to get to see Drew Dreschel take on stage four. This is really the one, the one thing, the one good thing that happened. We finally get to see Drew Dreschel take on stage four for the first time ever. Well, he's deeply motivated by that beer that's up there for some reason. He, he tweeted out. Right after. <laughs> Guys, I don't even like beer. Yeah. Of course because of course Drew Dreschel doesn't drink beer. Like yeah. like somebody with the the physical prowess of him is like, you know, motivated by brewskis. I don't think anybody should be surprised that he uh that he ends up beating Ashton Ashlyn Flashlin. Simply because he doesn't drink beer. Makes sense to me. Darren. <laughs> I can't hear you from your high horse. Um, so Drew versus, versus Ashlyn Drew fires off, takes an early lead and just continues to pull ahead the whole time, uh, using his legs, Ashlyn, not using his legs, running out of steam. Drew ends up taking the win here. 33 seconds. It was weird weird that there wasn't a buzzer. Yeah, it is weird. There hasn't ever been. I I don't think he was like looking for it. It seemed like, yeah, he's like, (laughs) So mad. Um, Ashlyn does eventually get up there at 57 seconds. Not really even a competition. No, but it's impressive that he does it anyway. Would have been a competition. What? Sean McCall in Drew Dressel? I don't know why I asked. I knew where that was going. So I did some research. Of course you did. So this tower, uh, it was 80 feet. Drew completed it in 33 seconds. It's important to note, in 2015, Jeff Britton and Isaac Caldiero climbed a 75-foot tower with a 30-second time limit. 
Okay. Jeff finished in 29 seconds. Isaac finished in 26 seconds. So the extra five feet, did that take him an extra four seconds? Probably not. I feel like probably, probably wouldn't have completed this mm. in a regular season or at least in that season. I'm not sure. Would have been close. Yeah. Um, I don't, I feel like you could probably look at this, right? You can see how long the last five seconds took or the last. Well, we could do the math. Uh, I feel like it's hard to do math because you're going to get slower as you go higher. You could take an average. I guess so. This seems like a thing that you would do. Um, I'm not going to. Uh, either way, it would have been, it would have been very close. Um, but you know, who knows? I'm also, sure, Drew, I'm sure Drew Jeschel has done this math. Yeah. Also, if he knew that it was for a million dollars, he maybe would have cranked it up. That's true. If he hadn't seen that he was already like, like 20 feet above Ashley. ahead. Yeah. So I, I have faith that Drew, uh, could have done this. Another, uh, another few, uh, statistics here in, tw- in 2014, the first time we saw stage four ever being taken on by Travis Rosen and Sean McCall, mm-hmm. uh, it was a 77 foot tower. Weird. And Sean, uh, they both completed it in 35 seconds. Both the tra- both Travis and Sean McCall completed it in 35 seconds. Um, they were just two tenths of a second away from each other. They individually climbed it that time. Uh, and th- these statistics, they don't really match up to me. This is, I might be missing something. Uh, but in 2018, the Sean's took it on. This is last year. Stage four, it was an 80-foot tower, and Sean McCall completed the 80-foot tower in 25 seconds. Jeez. And Sean Bryan completed it in 26 seconds. That's insane. Yes. A full (laughs) 10 seconds faster. For three feet taller. For three feet taller. I feel like there's something a little wonky (laughs) with the measurements. Um, but uh, who, who knows? Maybe maybe an athlete could help us out here uh, in terms of the discrepancy there. There there is some discrepancy in terms of like tower height versus rope height. Yeah, but I don't really understand what that difference would be. For example, like I think I think I saw that potentially in 2014 it was like a 90 foot tower, but it was a 77 foot rope. Okay, so maybe. When they say it's an 80 foot tower, it's a much shorter rope and they're just not telling us. This has a very third grade word problem feel to it. (laughs) Only we don't have all the numbers. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's how I feel when I'm doing math all the time. Yes. Either way, though, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, Drew, we now have some some measure of uh, idea of like potentially how Drew might do if he ever makes it to stage four. and. I gotta say, I, I think uh, I think you gotta keep keep training. I think that was too close, Drew. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for the American Ninja Warrior stock watch, which <laughs> is inevitably where this is going. Yeah. All right, that was the USA versus the World special, uh, or as I like to call it, the USA versus the English speaking World special. I know it's hilarious. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. That was a lot less. Um, Australian than I thought I was going to be busting out on this podcast. I'm not going to lie. I, I did my best. The, the look of disappointment in your face. <laughs> I just couldn't well, bring myself to do it. 
what the listeners aren't going to realize is how much I edited out of the podcast of <laughs> okay. you doing. So you're just monologuing. Yeah, you th- you're, you're right now. You're thinking, oh wow, okay, she's right. I only heard like a like a minute or two of of Australian accenting and all that stuff. It was actually about a full half hour at least, uh, and I cut it down. So that's why that's why it seems. And that's and she said a half hour was like, oh man, that I can't believe I did it so little. Um. A fun fact, I live very, very close in D.C. This is how people come find me and kill me. Um, But I live in D.C. really close to the Australian embassy. And they legitimately... Taryn, you've watched Australian Survivor, right? Yes. Um, Yeah, so I don't know what our listener overlap is here. But they legitimately have a giant poster up right now that says, Celebrating 100 Years of Mateship. And I don't know what it's referring to it literally just says celebrating a hundred years of mateship um and also they have their um i guess they just took it down but their christmas decorations are a santa on a surfboard with instead of uh reindeer he has kangaroo Z. Z. kangaroos i wanted to just say kangaroo as the plural but that doesn't sound right Kang- yeah, I don't, i'm not sure kangaroos Kangari. Um, anyway, uh, it just makes me say mateship in an Australian accent every time I walk by. Uh, the plural of kangaroo is kangaroos. Okay. Or, or? colloquially known as roos. Okay. Well, that would be really confusing if I said instead of reindeer, he has ruse. <laughs> he has a ruse. It's just a mystery. It's just a false pretense. Um, Who knew? Yeah, uh, probably Australians did. Um, so anyway, um, I got my entire Australian accent from watching Australian Survivor and from the um, the youths at my hostel trying to get me to come to the you're like really obsessed with the youths at your hostel i'm just saying that those are the only australians i've ever like had extended conversations with so that's where my accent comes from well they've done the world a disservice (laughs) so mean they pattied all night i didn't okay we need to we need to stop Thank you for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the USA versus the English speaking world special. Do we do plugs uh, anymore? <laughs> or are you just like really desperate for this to end? Uh, we haven't spoken about this on an American Ninja Warrior podcast yet, but I have, in fact, joined Instagram. It's true. He has. And... It's Rue. <sighs> no. Uh, you're right. We should just end it. We don't need to do plugs. It's your fault. Um, yeah, Terrence really good on Instagram. Um, he exploits his cat for likes, which I've been telling him to do for years. Um, so you should follow him for that. He also thirst traps constantly. I'm, I'm like, Terrence, put a shirt on. And he just won't do it. Well, it's just like, you know, I, I'm just I'm just hanging out, taking my shirt off, like snapping some pics, you know, uh, you know, like like normal about. normal people do. Yeah, I'm just like I'm pumping iron at the gym. I'm just like, oh yeah, I got my pump on. Check, check it out. No, F- feeling, feeling good. 
What's the meme? Feel, feeling cute? Might might delete. Might delete later. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. That all seemed really natural and organic. So if you felt like finally the real Taryn, this is him, then you should definitely follow him on Instagram. There you go. Um. You and can also follow me on Instagram if you, you want can. to. My my cat is also on there sometimes. Yeah. Instagram is not a zero sum game. You don't have to tell people not to follow me. I mean, it says you. <laughs> Still new to this thing. It's not a competition just because you're winning dramatically. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Armstrong Taren. Lita is at Lita Tweeted. Um, yeah, you have another podcast. We've got Big Brother. We've got the Taren Show, as I mentioned, where I talk about being nice people. Um, you can go on uh, on Twitch. Find me on there. I recently started the Kingdom Hearts three playthrough. It came out today. Yeah, Taryn has time for that, but he does not have time for Social Strategy Sunday. Oh well, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so don't look for that because as soon as I started being available to do those again, they were canceled. Listen, as I explained when I started Kingdom Hearts three today. Uh, I first played Kingdom Hearts 1 uh, about 16 years ago when I was 10 years old. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 I played 13 years ago when I was 13 years old. It has been 13 years I've been waiting for this game. It has not been 13 years since I've been waiting to play the next Social Strategy Sunday. Feels like that to me. Um, also, if, <laughs> uh, do you, are your Twitch streams like archived? Can people find like older ones? They can for a certain amount of time. Okay, because there is a video somewhere of you singing the song from Kingdom Hearts on Twitch, and I feel like it's important that people know that. I'm pretty sure that one's gone at this point. If it's not, you are scrambling to delete it. Well, I also did sing a little bit of it today during the Kingdom Hearts. Oh, well, there you go. Um, You're nothing if not a singer. Simple and clean. All right. Um, yeah, and I have uh, nothing else to plug except my Twitter because I don't do uh, creative things anymore because of my job. Sad. Um, but if you live in D.C., I host trivia. So hit me up on Twitter to see where I'll be. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we've got for you for the USA versus the you know it. Uh, the English speaking world. Yeah. <laughs> got it. I listen when you talk. Uh, we will, of course, be back for uh, season 11 of American Ninja Warrior whenever that starts. I have no idea. <laughs> Probably yeah. June? Some point. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. Or May? I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm glad USA vs. the World is back in January, because that's when it used to be, and then it was like all weird last year. This was the first thing that we ever podcasted about. It's true. Back when it was real era. Also true. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. This was fun. It was. To be thanks back. for hanging out with us. Uh, make sure you tweet us, um, the kangaroo pictures. Mm-hmm. At Lee tweeted, at Armstrong Taren. Animal facts. Definitely that. And, um, don't send any clips of Australian accents. Um, you can. Mm. You can request that I post videos doing mm. an Australian accent. Uh, Lita. I just did a whole podcast about being nice on the internet and I feel like you're ruining everything. 
just so asking mean. for trolls. Oh my god. Oh, I thought you were saying that my that me doing an Australian accent on the internet is trolling, is subjecting people to cruelty. Right. I'm saying only trolls would ask you to do that. <sighs> what a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Maybe we won't be back for season eleven because Taryn and I aren't friends anymore. Um, never were. So, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Thank you for witnessing the collapse of a podcast. Thank you again. <laughs> Good morning. Everyone. We'll see you next time. I've got a question to ask. Do you want to be a ninja? Taryn. Because they're not that strong